Hello, Charmers. Welcome into another episode of, you got it, Ms. Charm School Podcast. I'm your host, Sunday Eli, and I'm so excited to be back with you yet again for another amazing, juicy, sexy episode. Okay. And for those of you who are coming back, I would just like to say thank you for joining me again. So happy that you're here. And for those of you who are new, welcome. Welcome to Miss Charm School Podcast. I'm so happy that you've decided to join us today. The last couple of episodes, we had to get some things birthed through the spirit, okay? <laughs> but we're finally back. We're back. We're back. We're back. And excited to chat with you and so happy that you decided to join me today. For those of you who are new, Miss Charm School Podcast is for dun, da, 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 women. <laughs> it's for women. It's for women who are in transition from their womanhood into their queendom. And I've explained this before, your womanhood being really a single season where it's me season. Okay, Issa Rae said it perfectly. It's feeling like me season, sis. All right. And so queen, uh, excuse me, womanhood is when your decisions really affect yourself. You really only have to decide for yourself, make decisions for yourself, take care of yourself, and you're really focused on self. When you are elevated into a position of your queendom, your decisions no longer just affect you, they affect the nations. And by nations, I simply mean your husband, your spouse, your boyfriend, your dog, your kids, your employees, your staff, who you serve at your work, your community. And so a queen, if you think about a queen, right, her decisions, her decrees, what comes out of her mouth is literally life or death for the people that are under her jurisdiction. And she has to be a place of knowledge and wealth. She has a team. She has a support system. There's so many different layers of queendom. But this podcast is for women who are in transition out of their womanhood into their queendom. And I'm so very happy that you are joining me today on that journey. So as those of you who have been here before know, come on in, kick off your shoes and relax your feet. Yes, get you something sexy to sip on. I do not have my infused waters today or infused water today, nor do I have a juice of any type of libations in terms of um, wine or anything like that. But I do have some alkaline water in a very sexy cup that a friend of mine made. She's extremely talented and it's bejeweled and bedazzled with pearls and Swarovski crystals and it's absolutely gorgeous. So even though I'm simply sipping on water and staying hydrated, I'm doing so in a very sexy way, all right? And I just always wanna make sure that I share that with you to stay hydrated and to do so with some flair, okay? Put your little stamp on it, sis. Put your little, mm, put your little stank on it, okay? <laughs> but make it sweet, okay? Uh, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Um, today's episode, we are going to be talking about a juicy conversation that I had with a coworker who's married, a man, and he said something that really stayed with me. We were talking about um, just relationships in general, friendships, coworker relationships, romantic relationships, and he asked me a question about being emotionally vulnerable and what does that look like to me if I can explain that to him? And he's like, as a man and as a husband, I hear that, but I don't really understand what that means. I don't really know what that looks like. And he was thinking emotional vulnerability was romance. 
And I was like, no, those are definitely two different things. And so we had a very interesting conversation. We talked about a lot of things, but that was one thing that we talked about. And so I asked him a question. I said, okay, you know, if a woman is looking for romance, and I know many of you are, okay, and love romance, I'll tell you full disclosure. I've had many conversations with family members, cousins, friends, and those of you who are dating, or even if you're in exclusive committed relationships already, marriages already, you're looking for the romance. There are people who have been married for over 30 years who are still looking for the romance <laughs> in their marriage, okay? So I know you feel me, sis. I can hear the amen corner right now. Like, yes, we're looking for romance. Yes, we don't ever want the romance to stop. We always want to feel desired. We always want to feel pursued. We always want to feel that we are the object of your desire and that you cherish us and love us and care about us. And so I asked this man, you know, I was asking him about this romance question that I keep hearing my friends and family members say. And his response, I said, how does a woman get her husband to, you know, generate more romance in their relationship? Does she just come out and say, hey, I want romance? You know, how does that come across? And he literally said, it needs to be the man's idea. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, if he's not doing it, how can one, you know, drop hints? Is it silent hints? Do you, you know, put on a muse music in the house? Do you play a movie? How do you do that? And he was saying some of that, yes, which was, hey, sis, not my words. This is the man's words. Okay. He said, yes. He said he thinks that a lot of times women leave subtle hints that men pick up on. I'm not one of those women. I'm very direct. I'll just tell you, hey, boo, <laughs> hey, boo, daddy, I want romance. All right. Um, but he said subtle hints, subtle notes, because it should, the man wants to feel that it's his idea, that he took ownership of it. And so I said, okay, well, if he's not doing it and the wife wants to receive it, what does she do? Is there anything that she does? And the only answer that he had for me was draw me. And that's going to be the name of this episode is draw me. D-R-A-W space M-E. Draw me. Now, hmm, <laughs> I could take this conversation in many ways, but I just thought it was interesting and then I'll give you the example that he gave. I'm going to remix it a little bit because I don't want to tell this person's business because we were having a, you know, a conversation about his marriage. And so it's not a bad story by any means. It's a beautiful story. And I want to share it to help hopefully help paint a picture of what he meant by draw me. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you my first reaction was, okay. I want ro romance. You don't want me to tell you directly that I want romance because the response may be, well, now I'm not going to do it just because you said it like that. Like the response could be, um, okay, sis, I can hear you. He's not immature. All right. I'm just telling you the way a atypical, stereotypical married man, happily married with a family is thinking. And you can go back, you can reference my episode on unconditional respect. What I really realized in this conversation is that men and women are are different. We are Mars and Venus for show, okay? And I think 
one man, when a man walks with a woman long enough in life, <clears throat> he gets to know her and he gets to know how she is. But it doesn't mean that, and that's a beautiful thing, but it doesn't mean that he he truly thinks like her because he really does not. Her girlfriends think like her. He thinks like his guy friends. And this is why sometimes I just sit and ask married men questions because I want to know like, okay, how are you thinking? So when he said, draw me, I didn't shut him down. I shut up and I listened, okay? But I'll tell you for my female girl girlies that are listening because I know you are, my immediate response was, okay, now I don't see what the problem is. If I just tell you, hey, I want romance, I want flowers, I want to go out, I want to go on dates, hello. But that is can be seen as a turnoff to some men and especially married men because for whatever reason, they want to take ownership of it was their idea. I don't know, sis, if they want to surprise you and they want to get that reaction from you. I don't know if it's because of the territorial thing or the testosterone thing that I did this for you. I don't know, girl, because I don't think like that. I rather just, you tell me what you want, I'll tell you what I want, and boom, let's go do that, and I'm happy. But for whatever reason, he said that he wants to have the ownership of the idea of it. And so he said, I said, well, how does she spark that in the relationship if that's what she wants? Because obviously saying it directly can be a turnoff to a lot of guys. And then they feel like his words exactly were, are you my mom? Like, if you tell me directly and then I go do it, you're now like my mom. And that's a turn off. Okay. So hopefully that helps. So I said, okay. And I shut up and I listened. All right. And so he began to share a story about his wife and it was a spiritual story, which ooh, I love because I'm going to dissect it. Okay. Couldn't wait to get to the podcast to talk to you about it. I'm going to dissect it. So he shared that it was, a, they were in a spiritual environment, a spiritual setting and the wife, you know, got a download from the Holy Spirit and acted upon the download. And for him, he knows the look like he's been with his wife for a while. So he knows like she got a look on her face and he knew like, okay, something's, you know, he knew what that meant. And his wife was obedient to the Lord and went up and did whatever it was that God put on her heart to do. But he said that wasn't, he said that was highly attractive to him. And that wasn't, that was the example that he gave of her drawing him to her. And so obviously I'm not in their marriage, okay? Don't desire to be. I'm happy that they're happy. <laughs> but that was interesting to me. And he also made the correlation between the feminine energy being like the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is a drawer. The Holy Spirit woos you. For those of you who are Christian, hopefully you understand what I'm laying down. The Holy Spirit does woo you like most Christians that really walk with God understand that experiencing God is just that. It's an experience. It's not rules and and regulation and praying five times a day. Those things can be a complement to your walk with God. But people who really, really walk with God understand that it is a spiritual experience. It's something to experience and that God draws you. 
Now, you don't have to always listen to the draw, but sometimes in your spirit, you're just like, oh, you know what? I just want to hear some worship music right now. That's the Holy Spirit stirring you and drawing you into something. Or for me, I get strong waves of like, you know, I just want to go meditate right now. Nope, I don't want to be out being busy, doing anything. I just want to go in my house, take a shower, scrub my body, love on myself, burn some candles, sit in front of some candles and meditate and just let my mind go blank. I, sometimes I feel drawn, I feel called to those moments. So when he made the correlation between the feminine energy being like the Holy Spirit, I got that instantly. And he said that, you know, when a man goes out fighting and being in war all day, let's, he's like, you know, stereotypes, being stereotypical, when a man is going out and fighting all day and in war all day at work, when he comes home, if, if you are his peace, if home is peace, if you are peace, if you are, I'll use the word a garden, because I love the imagery of a garden. A garden is a place where you can rest, where you can get shade, where you can relax, where you can be nourished, where you can pick some fruit off the trees, where you can fall asleep in the grass and wake up. It's peaceful. It's safe. It's protected. It's quiet. There is life happening all around in a garden. A garden also represents, you know, seed was planted in a garden in order for it to have fruit of trees or grapes or bushes or whatever, right? So to me, the feminine energy is very much a beautiful um, simile or representation. You can represent the feminine energy by a garden. <clears throat> but he was using spirit. And spirit is also like water. And sometimes I'm thinking of Moana. She said, see the line on the sea, whatever the song was, it calls me, right? See the line where the sky meets the sea, it calls me. There's something about water also that draws people. You know, the ocean draws you with the tide, right? The water is, it pulls, it's drawn to something. It flows. That's how the spirit is. And he was using that example as the feminine energy. So it was something about her being obedient to the spirit. It was something about her acting and moving on her spiritual intuition that drew, that drew him to her, that, yeah, drew him to her. And so... I think that's a perfect example of what we talk a lot about here in Miss Charm School podcast is re-engaging the feminine, getting in touch with the feminine, especially for our modern day boss babes, where we are going out into the world and being corporate and slaying our giants. And I'm proud as hell of us. Okay. But there is still something so alluring and attractive about a woman who is rested. And that's another word that he used rested, a woman that's rested, a woman that's relaxed, a woman that's following her intuition, a woman that is in her spirit-filled space, a woman that is flowing in life, that is drawing him to her. And so I just want to share that with you guys today. I want to share that with you guys today. I want you to think about that. I want you to meditate on that. For those of you who are in marriages, meditate on that, especially you already crossed the hump, okay? And if you want to spark romance and relate and, and passion back into your marriage, maybe your husband is, maybe that's why you're listening today. There's no coincidences. Maybe your husband is yearning for you to draw him. And okay, there's a part of me that feels like, okay, why is it my responsibility to draw him? Why can't he just go do it? All right, sis, I hear you. Trust me, I hear you, okay? That's why my past approach has been, well, I'll just tell you what I want. Then there ain't no guessing, okay? But maybe 
He wants to come into your garden. It's quiet, it's calm, it's relaxed, and he wants to feel drawn to the lake or the river within your garden. And he wants to kick around in the rocks and play around. And, you know, I don't know, sis, I don't think like a man. I'm just telling you what this particular man shared. And I know that many of you, like I said earlier, are looking for romance in your relationships. And so what do you have to lose other than if it don't work, it just don't work. But what do you have to lose? Maybe it's worth trying. Maybe it's worth trying. If you have someone in your life that you really care about, that you really love, but you just feel like, man, the romance piece is missing, or I really wish I had this. Instead of looking for it outside of the beautiful relationship you already have, maybe it's worth trying on draw me. And so I'm asking the Holy Spirit now, what are those things that we can practice as women that put us back in a state of our feminine, our true feminine energy, which I believe naturally draws it's natural. I think when we're operating in the, our strength, we've learned to put on the masculine energy because we were told by our mothers to have our own money, have our own, don't fully, you know, be a little bit dependent, but not fully dependent. Be independent as well, especially financially, so you don't have to be a slave to someone else because they take care of you financially. A lot of us, even if we weren't told that directly, we were told that indirectly by our mothers. And some of that is cultural because of the past, the painful past that many African-Americans have gone through within this country. And not just African-Americans, but specifically talking about that experience. You know, there was a time period in the history of many African-Americans where your husband or your child's father or your husband specifically may not have been there, may have been sold, may, you know, and so... There is generationally, for many people within the culture, a culture of needing to be self-sufficient because I'm not able to be dependable upon this person because of outside factors that are beyond my control. So a lot of that is passed down generationally that we have to unlearn if you so desire to unlearn it. Maybe you don't, but a lot of it does need to be unlearned. So I would encourage you to ask yourself, how do you re-engage your feminine? How can you step even further into a place of rest and relaxation? Does it mean taking on less clients? It might. Does it mean saying no? It might. Does it mean saying no to that meeting or, or no to that additional call? It might. Does it mean maybe not stepping up for every leadership position because your team knows that you're strong and you're smart and you can handle it and, you know, Sunday can take care of it? Maybe it means passing it off to someone else and letting someone else do it. One of the things that popped into my mind right now, when I was working in local news in Las Vegas, I love that a lot of the mothers who were not African-American that worked there, they left like two o'clock, they were wrapping up and getting ready to go home because they had to pick up their kids from school. Now, whether they were really picking up their kids from school or not, I don't really know. The kids could be halfway grown and walk themselves to the bus stop and walk themselves home. Who knows? But the point is, after lunch, 1.30, 1.45, they was getting ready to wrap up to go pick up their kids, okay? Now, the beautiful thing about that I learned is those women were getting off work around 2, 2.30 to go home. And then they were at home until they came back to work the next day, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. 
I, on the other hand, was working until seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. That's a different grind. That's a different energy. That's a different burnout. Okay. And I'm talking about women who are married with families. They were getting off. They were unplugging at a certain time to go home and take care of home. Now, do I know if they were cooking and cleaning? And I don't know those details. I never asked. But I do know that they disengaged from the corporate work environment at a very early time in order to go tend to things that are considered typically in the feminine, to nurture home, to take care of home. Okay? And so maybe that means setting some boundaries with work like that. Maybe it means not taking all of the promotions thrown at you or not taking all of the trips. You know, these are things I want us to really think about. And I'm not saying to deny yourself upward mobility. And some of I can hear somebody saying, yes, you are. That's what you're saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying to deny yourself upward mobility. I'm saying to really be honest with yourself about what refuels you and what really makes your soul happy. If hopping on the plane and going city to city to city and chasing event after event after event and speaking at all these different engagements, and if all of that is making you happy at the end of the day because you are getting those seven multiple seven figures in your bank account, and yes, sis, that's all the comfort I need, then do it if that's what puts a smile in your belly, if that's what makes you happy. But if making you happy... If you're honest with yourself, if your true happiness and fulfillment comes from sitting on the patio, talking with your friends and laughing with your family members or loving on your dog or, you know, being at your kids play, whatever those things are, let's be honest with ourselves. And, and for many women who are true women and they're feminine, women who are listening to Miss Charm School podcast, what truly refuels you is actually home. It's home. And I think we have to learn how to be honest with ourselves with that. That our kids really make us happy. That our parents really make us happy, even though sometimes they get on our nerves. That our husbands really make us happy. Taking care of our home. Being able to throw a Christmas party at our our big, beautiful, lovely home where everybody comes and is safe and has a good time and we are being the hostess with the mostest, okay? I can't wait to do that. I'm so excited about doing stuff like that. I can't wait, okay? So the, I just hear the smile in my voice just saying the idea of it. That refuels me. I will live for that type of moment. My family did that growing up. You know, we had Thanksgivings at our house. People would have their Thanksgiving. And then after their at-home Thanksgiving, they would come to our house and we would have a Thanksgiving for them as well. And we would play games and we were the hostess with the mostest, okay? But I loved every second of it, every second of it. And those are the things that I cherish more than, I cherish my degrees, I cherish what I've accomplished I do, but those are the things that I hold dear to my soul is those moments. So I just want to encourage you to really take some self-reflection and to be honest with yourself. Go sit in front of that tree on the ground, on the grass. Go put that P-U-S-S-Y in the sand, okay? Go recharge in nature, in the feminine. Go put yourself in a garden and remind yourself that flowers don't force themselves to bloom. They just bloom. And there are also a such thing as wild flowers, you know, where the wind carries it, the seed wherever and it plants wherever and it grows wherever. That's how you get the rose that grew from the concrete, right? It just takes a little crack and something blew and put that seed there and a rose grew up from that. 
You know, so flowers, gardens don't force themselves to grow. They don't force themselves to bloom. They just do so. And because of that, how alluring are they? How alluring is a beautiful rose or a beautiful lily in its full glory, just beaming, smelling super fragrant when you pass by? you like, mm, you notice. And that's what I want for all of you who are women who are truly in your feminine. And I think when you are that kind of person, it's inevitable that someone's going to want to pick you and hold you in their house and put you, nurture you and put you in a glass, a vase of water, right? It's natural that that's going to happen. It's natural that you're going to be selected because you're fully in your glory. You're fully rested. You're fully fragrant. And according to this married man, he's now going to pour romance onto you. Now, to be fair, (laughs) I hear my second brain coming in. To be fair, he also mentioned that A lot of the romance was in the pursuit of his wife. And now that he has his wife, you know, it's a different concept to wrap his brain around that these are things that she continues to to want, okay? So to be fair, we did have that conversation as well. And it wasn't just myself talking with him. We were encouraging him that, yes, (laughs) she does, in fact, still want those things, okay? not just in the pursuit of the relationship. And so that is another thing to keep in mind that may be a conversation that's needed to have, okay? Um, But going out and doing it for yourself is not going to send him necessarily the signal to do it for you. Um, Some men do pick up on that. Like, you know, I like to buy myself roses and I do meet men who are like, oh, I know that you love flowers because you always have them. So there are, sometimes they can learn things about you by the way you treat yourself. But I just want us to take into consideration this other piece that may be uncomfortable and also less popular. But I think if you're really, if you really take some time to be honest with yourself, um, I think the communication piece, I know you have down, sis. I know you know how to let him know in a beautiful, loving way, hey, this is what I need from you. I know you got that down, okay? I just always want to encourage us to be mindful of the our blind spots and what we might be missing in being the total package woman that I know that you are, all right? I love you so much, Charmers. Let's keep the conversation flowing. Let's keep the conversation going. Share this with your girlfriends. Share this with your married friends. Share this with your mama, your auntie, okay? Spark the conversation. Talk about it. Laugh about it. Joke about it. Share it. Mention it next time you talk to one of your guy friends and see what he has to say about it or your father or your uncles and see what their feedback is. And yeah, let me know what you find out. I would love to know. Don't forget to share this podcast with two of your best girlies, okay? Trust me, it's going to be right on time for them. And allow the Holy Spirit to lead you on who to share it with, because I'm sure something will land and it will be right on time for them or a confirming word for them. All right, I love you so much. I'll talk to you later. Ciao.